Hi, dear audience. How many times have you realized that whenever you come to a obstacle, to a challenge, you have that fear for it because you're just not sure how to move forward, how to climb over the wall, how to climb over the hurdle? It's usually based upon the struggles you've faced in the past life, in the situation that has occurred, and you're just not able to break your thought barriers around it. Well, I'm here to tell you with my special guest, April Gaines, professional mental health and substance abuse counselor and psychic medium, that you have the ability to change any of your situations that you face and you can come all out of it as long as you have the right method and you have the right strategies in place. A little bit about her. She has faced many challenges in lifetime from being forced to get married at 15 years old, being a teen mom, to dealing with suicide, murder, and death in her family, to an abusive marriage, being a single mom, and fighting depression for many years. She kept learning and growing. She learned that her perceptions, color of her beliefs, is just what it is, her perceptions. She learned to change her beliefs through time, and we're here to discuss with her how did she do it with so many obstacles that she came across, how did she manage to outcome these hurdles? Without any further ado, I would love to introduce you, our counselor, Ms. April Gaines. Hi, April. How are you? Hi, I'm all right. How are you doing? Great. It's an honor to have you on board, and I appreciate your time for today. Thank you. April, can you just give us a little bit of more background about yourself? Sure, the audience wants to know your past challenges, how you decided to become a counselor, and what shaped your life into choosing this path for yourself? Yeah, I think I was kind of born into the role, honestly. <laughs> In my family, um, I, I always uh, listened I always seem to have felt deeper. I did a lot of observing. My grandfather always had this phrase that you learn more by listening than you do by speaking. So I always, for some reason, that's one of those phrases. There's many in your family, but it always kind of hit home with me. So I, I observed a lot, just observed what people said, what they did. And I think what I was doing at a young age and I, I didn't realize I was doing was I was reading into the people. So this psychic ability thing that I had, it's always been there, but I was reading into and I could sense and I could feel if somebody was hurt by what somebody just said or if they were angry or. So the other thing that happened was um, I had uh, uh, my stepmom at the time. She talked to me a lot. She was a very down to earth person. She um, would talk to me a lot. And as a child, that kind of set me up to be the counselor, right? Hmm. Um, and then I, I was forced to get married at 15. And my husband at the time, he was actually my husband and my legal guardian until I turned 18. Hmm. So my parents both had to sign me over to him in the courthouse. We went to the courthouse. They signed me over to him. And I also had, I uh, was 
I was pregnant with my first child and I wanted to prevent my children from living the same life I did. And that was the whole, that was it. That was the whole start of the goal. Mm -hmm. That was the whole passion of I'm going to be different and I'm going to fix myself. My goal was to fix myself so that I could in turn fix my girls. Right. Right. Um, and I think that is what really started the journey was I just was just dead set that I was going to make sure they didn't live the same life. Now, I didn't do that perfectly. You can't being married at 15 and you're married to an abusive husband. You just you can't. Right. But I did stop most of the generations of abuse didn't beat my children. I didn't do these things. So what happened was eventually after being 15 and being married around 18 years old, I decided I was going to go back to school and that set my school journey. I took my girls and I went back to school and then I, a couple years later, I had a third child. By this time I had my first two children at 16. Okay. So I had my first child and then four days before I turned 17, I had my second child. So both of my girls, I was 16. Now, if my second child would have been born four days later, <laughs> I'd have been 17. But so then when I was having my third child, I decided I was going to go to college and I went to college for many years, finally ended up having a teacher one year and we were taking a course called uh, basically, what do you want to be when you grow up? And all the tests kept coming out that I should have be a counselor or a hairstylist. And I was actually going to school to be a physical therapist. Right. And the counselor said to me, she said, April, why don't you do what I do? She said, I'm a counselor. I teach. I make X amount of money. I get my these days off. So I switched everything over to being a counselor. But in reality, I was always supposed to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. That's what I was supposed to be. So that's how I ended up being a counselor. But it was really, that was my life plan. From the from the get-go amazing amazing you went through so many challenges and hats off to you for breaking that pattern of abuse and of not letting your children go through the same situation because as you know when someone faces trauma it's hard to break that chain hard to break that barrier and you are able to do it that means you're a very strong-willed person and you have coached your own children mm -hmm. exactly what they needed. When it comes to coaching, when it comes to counseling, it's all about how you develop yourself, right? And how do you gain that confidence? And what did you do? How did you make sure that your children and your clients had the same ability to stand up for themselves? Well, with my girls, like I have this conversation a lot with my third child. She brings, she even brought this up this morning. Mm -hmm. She says to me, mom, thank God you said to me, get out of your feelings, get up and get out of your feelings. She said, because you taught me, don't stay stuck. Don't wallow there. And she's like, thank God you did that. Mm. I was just, you know, being me, but um, my daughters 
you know, they had depression, they had anxiety, they, I have, you know, they had panic attacks. It wasn't that I raised these daughters and they were just perfect, had perfect lives. They have panic attacks. I would say to them, get up, get out of your feelings, get out of your thoughts. Let's move forward. Now with clients, I am kindly direct like that, but I'm not that direct. What I do first with clients is I do explore their life. And most people think, you know, I don't want to go a counselor and I don't want to talk about mom or dad and I don't want to do this. But one of the key things that we have to realize is that we are products of our environment, good or bad, Right. period. You are products of your environment. And my job is not, I'm not trying to throw mom or dad under the bus. I'm just trying to get that understanding. So then I can give you that understanding that, well, mom was kind of a worry wart. Mom worried. So you pick that up. We have to look at the source. It's not to say mom was bad, right? Right. So that's kind of where I start with them is showing them that they were taught a pattern and that they have a pattern and that they have a belief that I need to worry about everything. Cause if I don't worry about everything, then something that, oh, oh, oh. wait, whoa, <laughs> who said that? Who, who said, who did that? Right. Right. So that's kind of what I've done with my clients. It's a little more gentle, like with my girls, because they've been with me from day one. I'm like, hey, whoa. You know? Yeah, you can just get away with certain things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. What about just finding that inner peace? Well, I mean, one is to understand to get out of your feelings, and which translates to me is you need to stop and think what is going on with you. What are your behaviors? What are your emotions? What about... Mm -hmm. Once you have gotten your clients and your children to go through this and understand their feelings, what about that inner self-reflection, the peace that you need? Well, you have to, where I start with clients is, is um, like I actually do, I never thought I had a process. And I've come to realize recently because I have um, developed a couple courses on uh you know, those course thinkifics and things like that. And I realized I do have a process. So my first process is always one, we go through their history a little bit, but we don't stay there. Nobody likes to stay in fifth grade, right? The second thing that I do is I always say to them, the first step is start to notice the feelings. Just notice them. I don't want you to do anything with them. Right now, I just want you to notice, are you mad? Are you sad? Are you jealous? Are you, what are you? Because if you don't even know what you are, then you are victim to it per se, right? So the first step is to notice the thoughts. Right. The second step is once you notice the thoughts, now this, if I can get people to understand this, you cannot run from your emotions, okay? Everybody thinks that I need to run from them. I need to hide them. I need to stuff them down. I need to drink. I need to look. This is like saying, I'm going to run away from my hand. I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to run away from my hand. Your hand follows you. It's connected. It's, it's part of you. You right. can't run from emotions. Right. They're in you. Mm -hmm. Where are you running? Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're running from yourself. So then I tell them now just acknowledge it and then give it a name, say what it is. And then the next part of it is you have to realize that 
You are not mad all day. You're not. Now you may think you are, but now you may have a predominant mood, sad, mad, whatever, but you are literally not mad all day. There are breaks. Right. What usually happens is you're mad. Something broke that. You looked at something on Facebook. You laughed. You did whatever. But then that person that made you mad walks back into the room. You're like, oh, I'm mad. You bring it back yourself. Yes. But what I want you to realize is they don't stay. No emotion ever stays. So you don't have to do anything. Right. That in itself gives people some space and it gives them some peace. Now, that's not the whole answer to peace, but that in itself allows them to realize, oh, I can have this emotion in an hour or two. It's going to subside. I'm going to be okay. Right. Right. I'm going to be okay. Now, some emotions I've been, there was um, a couple of things that happened. I know it was like about a year ago. They were kind of work related and I was just furious. And I myself had to say, okay, you're furious. It's going to go away. Now it took about three hours, <laughs> but it still went away. So that's one way to start gaining peace is to realize that your emotions will not stay. I promise you, they do not stay all day. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a few things that you mentioned that seems to be a key point that your emotions don't stay with you forever. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to change your emotions or thought are tied to your thoughts. Yeah. When it comes to being tied to your thoughts, how do you make sure that people around you that you are teaching your counseling understand the concept of thoughts and that they can just break through those barriers to accept their feelings and move forward. Yeah. When it comes to, there is that whole uh, cognitive behavioral therapy that says that your thoughts are linked to your, your um, emotions and then your emotions are linked to your body. Right. Right. When I think an anxious thought, then I, <gasps> right. That's so there is that whole concept of those being, and they are linked. And mm -hmm. I have actually, I have an exercise that I do with people that, shows that just straight up, like there's no doubt that this is what happens. So what I do with people is I show them, I say, just for a moment, I want you to think about what is one of the worst things that's ever happened in your life? What's one of the worst things? Was it a death? Was it a divorce? Was it a breakup? Just have them think about that for a minute. And then I say, okay, now I want you to tell me the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. And I usually use one of my daughters as an example. I have a daughter that used to fall just out of the blue. Like she'd be walking and bam, we'd be like, oh, what are you doing? Just, <laughs> right? Just that, yes. <laughs> yeah. That right there, if you notice when I said, think of something negative, your, your energy dropped. Right. Right. Absolutely. When I said my daughter falls out of the blue, which she does, oh, our energy comes up. That is the clearest example I can give to people mm -hmm. Okay, that your thoughts absolutely affect your body and your emotions. Now, mm -hmm. the thing with thoughts, though, is not all thoughts are real. We think they're real. 
And this is a concept that I, I kind of sometimes think that people would know this, but they don't, you don't understand. Like I tell people, my granddaughter did this not too long ago. She was kind of having a little bit of anxiety and she was determining that she had to have a certain thing in a certain way. And I said, I can imagine purple elephants all day. I can imagine them. I can see them purple, the little tail. Does that make them real? Absolutely not. Right. I can imagine them though. So not everything that you think is real is real. And if you can understand that, that just because you think it doesn't mean it's real, then you can create that space. So there's a day I was on my way home. My niece was coming over. Don't remember why. And there's this one stretch of my road that for some reason, when I, it's when I'm getting close to my house, that day she was coming over. I'm imagining like the fire trucks are at my house and the ambulances. And I finally went, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you imagining what? And I'm starting to like, so that all seemed very real, but it was literally fake, literally. And if you can realize, if you can just stop for a moment and think about what you're thinking about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just for a moment and go, hmm, then you can create peace inside and you can stop the panic attacks and you can stop the anxiety. That's true. Pulled into my driveway. Everything's perfectly fine. There was no ambulance. And I was shocked that I even did that for a moment. But I think that happens to me to kind of still keep me in the reality of this is what people deal with every day and clients deal with every day. And I'm human too. So it can happen to me. Right? Right. Of course. Yeah. Did you hear of the experiment that Joe Dispenza didn't do it? But uh, actually, it wasn't him. The psychiatrist, they did an experiment. Hmm. on athletes they took a bunch of athletes and they laid them in like these couch chairs hmm. right yeah. and they hooked them up to a bunch of electrodes and they asked them to lay there close their eyes and lay there and imagine running their race their body and their mind reacted as if they were actually running they were laying down your mind and your body does not know the difference between real and fake all you're doing is imagining and thinking about it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I teach people is just because you're having the thought that your world is exploding, that does not mean that it's actually exploding. Right. The fact that you were able to utilizing the CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, break these thoughts and get them to understand that not all thoughts are real. And even those who, the thoughts that are real, you can manage them. Mm -hmm. given your situation and you can manage your feelings. These are a great lead way into how you develop yourself, yeah, how yeah. you can just become overall confident person to handle any situation because it always starts with breaking your thought barriers, then managing your feelings, and then mm -hmm. focusing on your self-development. So what are your thoughts about the self-esteem and taking charge of it? Well, they're all kind of linked too, because our self-esteem is developed between age zero and seven, right? And that is the stage of life where our brain is in theta state. Mm -hmm. Theta state is hypnosis, it's programming. 
And many of us, not all, but many of us don't have the best programmers like mom, dad, right? Right. School, family members, friends, the neighborhood kids. We don't have the best programming. And we're told these little messages about ourselves. These little messages go in and they're our program. And then we start to think that we start to create these beliefs that people don't have time for me. People don't like me. Okay. This is all self-esteem being developed from this age zero to seven. Some kids wake up a little bit before some after, but if you get these messages from your parents or whatever, and then you start to believe them, then you create an inner belief about yourself. Those are thoughts. Absolutely. Those are thoughts. And the, the phenomenal thing is, is that we will make this determination at four or five years old that nobody loves me. And it will follow us to we're 60 to 100. Mm-hmm. It's a belief system, but it's really just a thought. So anytime anything happens in life, once you make that decision, anytime anything happens in life after that, so first grade, fifth grade, whatever, it now is like, see, Nobody likes me. It's a confirmation. We make it a confirmation. So let's say that you think that dad doesn't have time for you. And then you go to school and the teacher's like, wait, oh, see, nobody has time for me. It's a confirmation. Now we're, we're affirming this belief, mm-hmm. which again, is just a thought. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, so I teach people one that you really need to think about what you're thinking about. And you need to realize when these thoughts come up and you need to not just agree with them and go with them. You need to be like, Hey, what are you thinking? What are you, what are you doing to yourself? Yes. You need to talk to yourself. Absolutely. I'm a big advocate of talking to yourself. Yes. I'm going to make you crazy. Go ahead. You know? Um, (laughs) So then um, the other thing is that our parents, what I, I've come to realize is that when we are little, because we can't do anything, we can't eat, feed ourselves, we can't lift our arms, our parents, whoever that may be, whether that's your aunt or your grandma, they get like this godlike persona, right? <clears throat> because they literally keep us alive. So they get this like godlike persona. So we think that everything they say is true. That's true. It's the truth. But what the way I put it to people and I tend to put things like I put them in really silly ways just to show them one, it's easy to understand. And two, just to show them these beliefs we have are ridiculous. Have you ever met a CEO that shouldn't be a CEO? How about a supervisor? They got that title, but should they be one? No. So mom and dad get these titles, but that doesn't mean they're the best one for the job. Mm. Right? Yeah, interesting. Definitely interesting thought. When it comes to building your self-esteem, if I understand, it's all up to you. It's all up to you in terms of understanding how if you want to be the next CEO or you want to be the next janitor or you want to be the next entrepreneur, whatever it is, you have the belief system to go after because you're not born with it. You're not, Mm -mm. you don't have to be listening to someone that this is your destiny. 
Well, yeah, and our parents get that godlike persona, and we're told, listen to me or else, right. which I get it. You know, I've said that to my girls. Uh, excuse me, I'm mom, <laughs> but does that mean I have the the say all of who they are or what their totality is? No. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to self-esteem, there comes a point in your life that you have to realize that your parents gave you what they had. Now, does that mean they were the best? No. Could they have done better? Sure. But they gave you what they had. Okay. This is the whole concept of if you squeeze an orange, what do you get out of the orange? You get orange juice. You can't squeeze milk out of the orange. So we expect these parents to be these awesome, great people, but they're, they're only operating with what they have, with what they were given, right? You have to at some point understand that your parents just did the best of their capability. Even if that was a crappy capability, that's what they did. Mm. And you now are in charge of your self-esteem. You're in charge. You get the say of what you're worth. Now, that comes in with one, we've got to look at those beliefs. We have to change those beliefs. Uh, we have to watch your thoughts. We also have to realize that you don't have to stay stuck in those emotions. So it all gets tied in together, right? Mm. Now, self-esteem is a tricky one because a lot of people think that self-esteem is linked to what you do mm. or what you have, okay? And around age two, the ego develops. The little ego develops around age two. And that little ego, what that does is before that, the child actually thinks they're an extension of the parent. And around age two, the child starts to figure out, hey, whoa, I'm my own self. Oh, that's my car. Mine. Mine. <laughs> we get that word mine and we get the word no. Because they have figured out they're their own person. It's, Absolutely. it's amazing. But the ego um, tells you that you need to be bigger, better, badder, best, rich. That's what that's all ego. Okay. So we go through our life and we think we have to do these things or have these things to have self-esteem. It's completely unrelated because we have the richest people in the world have no self. -esteem. The other thing that I teach people is you need to separate what you do from your worth. Your worth is that's it. You have worth period. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you do nothing. Right. The way I explain self-esteem is, is I use babies because I've had a ton of babies in my life. Babies do what? What do babies really do? They laugh, they cry. They cry. They do laugh. They puke. They drool, they spit up, they get sick, they poop their pants, they don't go to bed. They, if I was to say to you, I'm gonna give you this person, they're gonna drool, they're gonna spit up, they're gonna make a mess, they're not gonna go to bed, they're gonna throw fits, you'd be like, oh no, you're not, <laughs> right? Right. But babies are worth everything and they do all the wrong things. Your worth is not tied to what you do. You have worth just because. I don't care what you do. Now, your purpose is different. Your purpose is what do you love? Mm. 
Mm. What are you trying to accomplish? What are you, are you trying to heal the world? Are you trying to save the animals? Right. And when I teach self-esteem to somebody, this is what I do. I tell them, we're going to go stand over here on this square. Make the square whatever you want. Cement, marble, we're going to stand on it. What is it made of? What's your square made of? If I take everything from you, I just strip you naked. You have nothing left. You don't even got a clothes style. What's left? Are you kind? Are you caring? Are you dependable? Are you a fast thinker? Are you a fast worker? What's left if I just strip you of everything? That is your self-esteem. That's your base. Absolutely. That is what, when somebody comes up to you and says, you know, you're just a stupid blah, blah, blah. You look and you go back to your base and you go, nope. Don't fit on my base. Sorry. Have a good day. <laughs> That's what I teach them. That's how I teach them that. Mm. This is, has been amazing understanding about how one should behave, how should one should think and how one should develop their self-esteem. And overall, it's, it's your goal towards finding that inner peace and self-worth. And it's amazing because we all, that's what we're always looking for is that purpose. Why are we here? Mm -hmm. And how do we develop to be who we want to be? Right. And that we're not tied to something else that someone else is expecting out of us. Yeah. And that way we can find our own reason in life. That's amazing feedback from you in terms of how we need to get there and, and that journey and how we need to stop thinking about the negative thoughts in order to fulfill ourselves. Appreciate that. Anything else you would like us to understand when it comes to developing our permanent self-esteem and just finding that inner peace? Yeah. If you understand that we start with the thoughts and noticing that not all your thoughts are real. Okay. If I can get you to become aware of mm -hmm. your thoughts, you have to step outside of yourself mm -hmm. to create that awareness, right? And then I get you to start noticing the emotions that are attached to that. You can start to see the link. And then I run you through this exercise where we actually look at what your beliefs are. What beliefs have you picked up? And I replace those with the opposite, whatever that is. Okay, that now becomes your mantra. Hmm. I am worthy. I am good. I am loved. It becomes your mantra. And I tell them, I want you to say it a thousand times a day. Every time that negative thought comes in that nobody loves me, I am worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I want you to say it a thousand times a day. And then the more that I teach them that not necessarily all the thoughts are real, all of a sudden we stop having panic attacks because we think the police is at our house. Or we stop having panic attacks because the tire went flat and now my whole day is ruined. Really? Is that true? Really? So we create an acceptance, right? A, a peace, an acceptance of life and of what is. And the more that I can get them to realize that mom and dad might have had those titles, but maybe they just weren't the best at it. 
But does that mean that's it? That's your totality? Mm. No, you, you're still kind. You're still dependable. You're still good just because somebody has that opinion of you. So then we, we plug away at that. And then I get them to realize, you know, a lot of it is, well, I don't have this job or I don't have this car. So you're telling me you're worthless? What? You have no purpose? You have no nothing? So it's a lot of ridiculousness. It, it's programming these bad beliefs. So then I move them down into that trail to realize that you have worth. I don't care if you never work. I don't care. You still have work. Mm. Right? That is where they really start to love themselves. Okay? And when you create that base, that, that square that you stand on, and somebody says something to you, your husband, your sister, your mom, but you go back to that base and you say, let me check that. Hmm. No, I, I think I'm a good person. And I think, you know what? I don't think I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> Voila. That's it. That's it. Nobody can argue with you. Nobody can knock you off that base. Right. 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 <laughs> so it's a whole process. And if I could just get everybody to just realize, one, you have worth. And two, the only opinion that ever matters is yours. That's and it. Thank you. That's what we need to understand. We we are important yeah. as an individual and we have the capability and the ability to do whatever we want as long as we have a purpose and a reason. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And there you have it. April Gaines, our professional mental health and substance abuse counselor and psychic medium. And if you want to reach out to her, April, would you like to tell them how, or do you want me to just let them know? Actually, Facebook is probably the best way. I check my Facebook numerous times a day in my email to just give me a personal message. It's probably the best way. Perfect. And what is your Facebook? Uh, well, my Facebook is under my name, the April Gaines, but then I have a group that is called Theme for the Day. Theme for the Day. Got it. Listeners, April Gaines, A-P-R-I-L, Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S. And if you want, you definitely go on our Facebook group, Theme for the Day.